You're listening to the Being Stellar Podcast, the podcast for modern leaders and entrepreneurs who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease and more prosperity into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth, master teacher and coach, and I am obsessed with helping you avoid burnout while you create a sustainable lifestyle full of possibility and profit on your terms. On the show, you'll hear inspiring stories of possibility, and you'll get empowering strategies and insights from me to support you in creating your stellar life. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Being Stellar podcast. I was speaking with a prospective client this past week, and after she told me what was going on in her business and what she was longing for in her life and her finances, I said, it sounds like you're ready to start running your business like a business. And she asked me what I meant by that. And I absolutely love that question because I use that statement a lot. And I say things like, if you want to be profitable, you have to run your business like a business. So many of us, when we start our businesses, myself included, we just kind of run it by the seat of our pants. We're like, um, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do that next. And I'm going to like figure it out. And, and that's part of just being an entrepreneur is we do have to figure it out as we go. And we come to a place where we start getting a little bit more organized and we start being more intentional and less putting out fires and getting distracted by shiny objects and, oh, I'm going to try this way or I'm going to try that way. And, and and we start getting really intentional and systematic in our businesses. And that's when we start running it like our businesses, like a business. Now, I'm going to share with you in today's episode the things that I think are important for running your business like a business. Of course, this list isn't exhaustive and it doesn't go into um, micro detail, but it gives you an overview of the things that you can be considering as you listen to this show and See, is there, what is there that you can take a step towards so you get one step closer to running your business like a business? Because that's when we can become most profitable when we're being very systematic. So if I miss something you think is important, let me know and I will definitely add it to my list. So if you're going to run your business like a business, it first means you need to have some clarity around what this business is for and what the results are that you're trying to get. So for example, let's use Apple computers like Apple um, as a, a company as an example. If they're really clear on their purpose is to provide people with the technology tools like devices, iPads, watches, computers, phones, etc. That's the purpose of their business. Now they would say their vision is to, um, oh shoot, I can't remember their vision statement. It's really cool. Um, but the, but their vision is to actually make a difference, to be innovative, right? And so they're really clear on their vision. They want to have pe people have an experience with technology. So when we get really clear on that, it's really helpful to know why we're doing what we're doing. Um, first of all, and most of you who are listening, if you have a business, you've probably already done this because otherwise you wouldn't have started, but you may not have codified it and put it in language that really guides your action daily. So getting that clarity around why you're doing it is important to help you get the results you want to get. The first thing on our list of running your business like a business is to define your purpose, your why for doing what you're doing and how you plan to operate in the world of business. 
In other words, no matter if you're just getting started or if you've been in business for a while, it's helpful to make sure you have a clear sense of your vision and your values. Now, my clients and I review vision and values annually, and most of the time they don't change, but every once in a while we get just a slight upgrade or a nuance that, that shifts a little bit that changes if not the complete direction of the business, at least the uh, it gives it some fuel for moving forward. So it's really important to revisit that. So let's break this down. Your why is your purpose behind starting the business in the first place. If you want to have an aligned business as well as a prosperous one in the early stages of your business, and if you haven't done it, it's never too late, it will be important to be clear on the values that underpin how you do business a sense of purpose, your why, and the guiding values will help you to make empowering decisions for yourself and your business throughout the life of your business. So when I was on a real estate team, we had the core values of honesty, professional excellence, and teamwork. And those were core values that we revisited in every single team meeting to make sure that we had them in mind as we were making decisions about how we were going to operate in the world and in our businesses that particular week. And it's valuable, even if you're a solopreneur, to have those same things in mind. Those values are still my own, honesty, professional and excellence, teamwork, integrity. And I want to make sure that the uh, and aligned and prosperous are also mine too. So, and I want to make sure that those guide everything that I do. I want to be in alignment. That's that integrity piece. I want to make sure that everything I'm doing feels good at a soul level. So after getting clear on vision and values, I turn my attention to mission, which is so important. It's one of the four pillars of the aligned and prosperous Academy. Your mission is simply what you want to create. Now, it's actually not that. It's simple and it's not simple. There's a lot of details to it, which breaks down to the impact you want to make and the results you want to get. This is where we get into business planning, which includes profit planning and all the other planning that will guide your actions both daily, weekly, monthly, and throughout the year to help you to create a profitable business and still have a life. This is key. When you're running your business like a business, you will have a life because when you're running it like this thing that just is your, is your life, that it's this thing that guides you, you do it all the time. You're up at midnight or two o'clock in the morning working on your business. Then I would say, I mean, depending on your circumstances, if you're a night owl, that's great. I know some people who like to work at night. I'm not one of them, but if it's consuming your whole life, you're not running it like a business. It's actually taken over your life. So we want to make sure that you have a profitable business and you still have a life because let's face it. Most of us got into business to have that business support the life we desire to live, whether that's having a financial freedom to travel, to retire a spouse, to pay for kids schooling, whatever that is, or lifestyle, whatever that is for you. That's the life that this business is supposed to be supporting. So back on track to how to run your business like a business. Business planning, which is part of running your business like a business, is having a plan, includes things like profit planning. How much money do you need to make so that you're good, so your expenses are covered, you can run your business and your life without going in a deficit? 
And then the next question is, how much money do you want to make? And what will you need to do to make that happen? That's where we get into this next level of planning. What's the market, the marketing plan, the cash flow plan or the budget, um, the business development plan? In other words, how are you going to create clients and call them in so you can work with them so you can get paid? So all of those things are involved in your planning so that you can run your business like a business and you're not going, well, what am I going to do today to get a client? And um, how much money do I need? And how much is coming now? I want you to know how much money you want to, what you need to bring in and what you want to bring in because they're different, right? So, and I want you to break that down to what you need annually, what you need quarterly, what you need monthly so that you can make decisions about where you're going to go and find that business so that you can bring that revenue in. So that's part of running your business like a business is being really, really intentional. I work with a lot of realtors and um, a lot of people who talk to me is like, well, I don't know. I don't know what's possible. Like anything's possible. You just have to decide how much you're willing to do to make it possible. So, and anything's appropriate. I mean, obviously if you're brand new, unless you've got really good connections, you're not going to start your year off as a $500,000 a year more, uh, realtor or mortgage broker for that matter. I work with mortgage brokers and, and financial advisors as well. And you're not going to go from zero to that right away, unless you've got really powerful and financially lucrative connections, but you can do a lot in your first year. I mean, my first year in real estate, I hit over six figures and I surprised myself. And then I did it again. I doubled it the second year. So, and it was, came from making a plan. Fortunately, my mentor said to me, well, how much, how many deals do you want to do this year? And I said, I don't know which by the way is not allowed in my coaching uh, space because when we say, I don't know, we shut our brains down and, and our brains go, okay, power down. We don't need an answer for this. But unfortunately my mentor pushed me he goes, well, how many do you think you can do? She says, do you think you could do one a month? And I'm like, yeah, I think I could do one a month. That feels doable. That feels like, okay, not too scary. And I went on and did 17 that year because I decided I was going to go for it. I went for it. So I had no idea how much effort it took to get one a month. So I just like went all in. I'm going to go get that one deal a month. And it turns out that um, I managed to do 17 because I went for it. And if I hadn't gone for it and if I just kind of like waited to see, well, what's going to happen? I don't know where the business is going to come from. Maybe it's going to land in my lap. Well, that's different than going for it. So running my business like a business meant making this decision about how much I wanted to do and then getting out there and figuring out a way to make it happen. And that came with using, working with coaches and having mentors, et cetera. Okay. So let's move on from business planning, which is a key part of running your business like a business. We want to look to systems and processes, which can be part of your business planning, by the way. So with my clients every year, I work on, well, what's a system you want to improve this year that we can clean up, we can make it more efficient, or maybe you have no systems and you want to start putting them in place. And it can be so overwhelming when you have no systems. And by the way, nobody has no systems. You might just have haphazard systems that you're just kind of make it up as you go along. You've got some habits around them, but they may not be running efficiently or as effectively as they could be, or as on autopilot as they could be to free up your brain space. So if you're at a place where you're just starting to think about putting systems in place, go slow, 
take it one step at a time. What's the most important thing? What's the thing that's bugging you the most? And if you could put it on autopilot that you wouldn't have to do it, that's the one you want to start with. So basically anything that you do on a regular basis should have a system. So it can be as automated as possible. So in the, let me give you an example in, okay. In the real estate industry, there are some compliance documents that have to be given to clients before a real estate conversation can take place. I know it's the same in finance and there, there are documents and disclosure documents about privacy, et cetera, that have to be shared before you can have a conversation. And I had a client who once said to me when I asked her, well, what is your buyer intake process? She was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, uh, I talk to them and I do this. Okay. So when do you give them the disclosure of representation and trading service? She goes, well, um, sometimes I give it to them before. Sometimes I give it to them at the meeting. Sometimes I give it here. I said, let's stop that right now. Because every time you do something differently in your systems, you're having to make a decision about it. And we have a limited number of decisions each day before we hit decision fatigue. So why would you want to waste one of your valuable decision-making powers moments on something that could be automated? Now, automated might mean with technology. So it happens that the, um, the representation in trading services document, you can automate that. There's a fantastic app called Really Trusted. There's a podcast episode on that with my good friend and former business partner, Greg Dent, who, where we talk about the, uh, the creation of that app and how it now is part of the systems for many agents across the country. While it was invented originally to support us on our team um, to systematize all of these documents that were going to be coming across our desks. So your automation might mean with technology, or it may mean that you still take the action, but you know exactly what to do and when. So you don't have to make a decision every single time about when something's going to happen. You don't have to put any thought into it. So if it's a disclosure document, you know that the first thing you do before you talk to anybody is you email them that document. And so there's never any wonder like, oh, okay, this time I'm just going to print it off because we're meeting in person um, or I'll send it later. And there's just always real clarity about that. So you automate it either with technology or just like in your own mind. This is a way that you're getting ready to scale too. So I want you to, and all of this needs to be written down because if you're thinking about at some point in the future, having team members, having an assistant, now is the time when you're building your systems to write it all out so that whoever comes on the team knows this is the way we do it. It's a lot more work to do it later. And it's okay to do it as you build the systems. If you're like me, I like to build it and then write it down. And I have a client who has been in real estate for 14 years and we spent a lot of time last year writing down her systems and procedures because they were all in her head and her head was about to explode. And it meant that every single time her two team members needed to do something, they had to ask her. And that was putting a lot of pressure on her because what's the point of having team members if you still have to do all the thinking for them? So we wrote everything down and it's just taken so much pressure off of her 
And it's given the, it's empowered the team members to take initiative on themselves because when they don't know what to do, they can just look at the, they have it in an app, which I've forgotten what the name of the app is right now, but they have it in an app that they can just look up. What is the system we need to follow here with this particular action item that has to happen? And uh, it's really easy for everybody. So when you're creating your systems, make sure you write them down. Because as I said, you have systems, but if they're in your head, that's not running your business like a business. Do you think the uh, CEO and owner of Coca-Cola has the systems in their head? Not a chance, right? There's procedures and manuals and handbooks. And let's make sure you have those too for your business. Some examples of systems that you can create in case you're kind of like, where do I start? And I'm just going to throw some out at you. I may not include everything here. I'm just going to throw out some. So a client onboarding process. If you're in service-based sales, which most of my clients are, we want to have a client onboarding process, which could mean both, well, probably does mean both the experience the client has in the onboarding process, but also what do you do with their information? Do you have a CRM that the, the information about them, their name, address, all the other things has to go into with some records? What else has to happen on your side that the client never sees when you bring a client on board? And what do they, what you, do you want them to experience? Client care procedures and processes throughout the journey are also important. Email templates for anything from lead follow-up to client journey and client satisfaction surveys. Templates for marketing. Why do we want to invent new things all the time? Sometimes we get caught up in like, oh, I want to be creative. And we spend so much time in Canva and then you're not out there getting clients and working, working to create new clients and create new business for your business. So let's automate those things. Even things down to uh, client gifts. So when I was on the real estate team, and even when I worked on my own, I had the gifts and I bought them at the beginning of the year. And if they ran out, I bought a stack more so that every time a client uh, closed on a real estate transaction, I didn't have to think about what am I going to buy and where am I going to get it? Now I have to go get it. I just had them in my club, in my cupboard. Um, in fact, I think I still have one set of Cutco in my cupboard here in my office um, from when I was in real estate. Somebody at some point is going to get that really beautiful set. So everything is automated. Templates, a calendar for marketing, a calendar for events. If you do client events, a social media post, time blocking is even a type of system. When do you do things? So I generally record podcast episodes on Friday afternoons. And so that's my system is that I record the podcast episodes on a Friday afternoon. I tag them in the recording platform. I write the description and the title in Notion where I keep that sort of thing. And then I tag my assistant who then grabs the recording. She edits it. She knows it's ready to go because I've got the description and the title in Notion and it's ready to go. And I just have to tell her what date to put it up. And it took me a while to get there. There were times when I admit where, and she's listening right now because she's going to be editing this, where I wasn't I didn't have that system in place. I was recording the video and then recording another one, then recording another one and off I went. And then it was time to put the podcast out and she's bugging me for a title and a description. And that was stressful for both of us. So systematizing that has just made it so much easier for everyone involved. And you can do the same in your business. That was part of me stepping up to run my business like a business. Okay. And there's always room for improvement as you bring new things on.
So pretty much anything that you do more than once can be streamlined by making it part of an intentional system of your larger processes. Other systems include banking, bookkeeping, and running your business like a business means having separate bank accounts for your business and separate credit cards too. Too often I hear of people who's like, oh, like I have to separate my, my receipts because I have my personal and my business on the same credit card. I'm like, what? What are you doing? You're making more work for yourself and you're making, or if you have a bookkeeper, you're making more work for them, which means you're paying them more, which you're wasting money. So get a separate credit card. Take a few minutes to get a separate credit card. If you have one, they'll give you another one. It also means tracking, running your business like a business in regards to banking means tracking your revenue and allocating income to those designated accounts for, I say profit. So the five accounts that I have in my system and my business banking, profit, payroll, which I like to call cash to run my life, actually specifically cash to run my stellar life. That's what my nickname, my account is nicknamed taxes, business expenses, and investing. And just a little comment on the order I put those in because it's important for your mindset. While I believe taxes need to come off first because they're not your money and you need to put them separate, I don't like to have them first on my list or in the order of my bank accounts or even on the order of my tracker because I want to put my profit first and my cash to run my life first because I am running this business so that I can have the life I want and I deserve the credit for that. And then taxes, then business expenses, then investing. Those are my five accounts. It's part of my banking system for keeping track of my money. And I have specific allocations, which we get into in more depth inside the Align and Prosperous program and the money pillar and even in the planning pillar. So while we're on the subject of banking, let's talk about incorporating and specifically on the subject of business banking. You can certainly opt to run your business as a sole proprietor. I did so for many years. And I strongly recommend you consult your accountant and get a plan in place for when you will incorporate. Because running your business like a business is making sure you keep as much of your revenue as you possibly can. And the corporate tax rate is significantly lower than the personal tax rate. So being incorporated actually will help you to keep more of your money. Another bonus to incorporating is that feeling of having a serious business. When I incorporated last year, I felt like I had a grown up business, even though I'd been running a profitable, successful business for a number of years at that point. And I wish I had done that sooner because I would have kept more of my income, but I was always too busy to deal with it. And the reality was I didn't, it didn't actually take very much time at all. And at the and being incorporated has so many benefits that far outweigh the small amount of time that it actually took to set it up. And that is why I'm sharing this with you now. So you can learn from my mistake, talk to your accountant ASAP and get this ball rolling. Even if it's just a plan for the timeline of when you're going to do it. One of my clients said to me recently that she wants to incorporate this year, but she's waiting to see if she earns $250,000. Here's the thing. The tax savings of incorporating are not retroactive. So if you plan to earn a lot of money, say $250,000 this year, and you're not incorporated, you should probably get that going now. 
I believe you will find that an inspiration and incentive to actually make sure you make that money because you'll be feeling really empowered by the fact that you're incorporated. And you, that will mean that you get to keep more of the revenue than if you earn $250,000 and paid a ridiculously high tax rate on that. Because anything over 160, you're getting into really $160,000 that is, anything over 160, 180, you're getting into a really high percentage of tax, like 40 to 45%. I mean, don't quote me on that. I'm not an accountant, but that's really a really high amount. And so why would you want to do that if you could keep more of it and be at the 15% rate? Of course, there's personal tax for the amount you pull out of your corporation. That's still significantly less than if you were paying personal tax on 250,000. Okay. So just a side note on that, feeling really strongly about that. So if you're thinking about incorporating and you're not sure if it's time for you, talk to your accountant because it may be closer than you think. All right. I have a few more suggestions for running your business like a business. If you had employees in a company, you would make sure they were trained to do the job they were doing. It's important to take the same approach in your business when you're a sole entrepreneur. I find too many solopreneurs in real estate and finance take the DIY, the do-it-yourself route, and then they wonder why it's so freaking hard and why they aren't able to get ahead and be profitable. If you're going to run your business like a business, make sure your employee, that's you, has all the training they need to be successful at their job. If you're a service-based sales professional, that will mean sales training or coaching, as well as training in the specifics of the knowledge required for you to be of service in your industry. If you've been on the podcast for a while, you've heard me say at least once what my mom said when I was hesitating about hiring a coach when I first got into real estate. I was like, I feel like I need this. I feel like I need support because I have no idea what I'm doing. But wow, that's a lot of money when I haven't really made any money yet. And it feels really scary to put that money out when I'm not sure when I'm going to be money coming back in. And my mom said something to me in her wisdom. You invested in your first career or your previous career because it wasn't my first. Um, you invested in your teaching career why wouldn't you invest in this career? I was like, no kidding. I spent whatever money it was. There was a lot of money went into my undergrad and then my master's degree to be educated as a teacher. And here I am in a business where I know nothing about it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to run a business. I've never run a business before. And I'm like hesitating about hiring someone to give me help and investing in myself. And so my mom said that I'm like, done. Sign me up. And it made all the difference because I did two deals my first six months and I did 15 in my second six months after I learned the skills I needed to learn as an employee to be an effective sales professional and to invite people to work with me. Now, likewise, if you are the owner of a large organization like Coca-Cola, Apple, you fill in the blank. You would not put an inexperienced person in a leadership role and expect them to just sink or swim without any kind of training or support. So make sure if you're running your business like a business, you're going to make sure that you give your leader of your business, which is also you because you're both the employee and the leader, 
You're going to make sure you give the leader of your business the tools, skills, and support they need to be effective leaders of the employee, right? Of employee you and also of your clients and any other team members you eventually take on. There are loads of great books on self-leadership, productivity, team leadership, and that is the kind of work that we do inside the Aligned and Prosperous program as well. And that's what I do with my coaching clients that often they come to me and say, well, I mean, you need to learn leadership skills. And they're like, I don't want to be a team leader. I'm like, no, no, no. If you signed up for entrepreneurship, whether you ever have a team or not, you signed up for leadership. And so you need to learn to be an effective leader even if you're not starting a team. So now while we're on the topic of staff, employees, leaders, team members, even if it's just you right now wearing all of those hats, if you're running your business like a business, you will have and follow employment standards. You won't expect employee you to work 24 seven without a break. Leader you will set boundaries around your time on and your time off. You will book vacation time as part of your business planning, and you will give yourself benefits for being self-employed. We talk about that in, um, inside the Aligned and Prosperous Academy and in my coaching programs about the profits, allowing yourself to have some profits and allowing yourself to have some perks and, and benefits because you're working so hard and you're being self-employed. You want to have those benefits and perks for your, your employees. So employee incentives, if you will. As I said before, most of us started our businesses because we wanted freedom, freedom to do what we want, when we want, how we want, and freedom to make more money. And too often people find themselves unable to shut off. And the next thing you know, they're in burnout and they're falling out of love with their business. Now I have some theories about why they have a hard time shutting off. If we're anxious about money, which is another one of the pillars inside the Align and Prosperous program. If we're anxious about money and we haven't dealt with our money mindset issues, we can feel like we got to be working all the time because we're always like running away from that fear. And so we want to work on that so that you can shut off and allow yourself to slow down for a minute and stay in love with your business. It should be fun. It can be fun. It does not have to be difficult. Okay. It's allowed to be easy. I used to make it so hard for myself and I promise you there is an easier way. You do not have to struggle and suffer and be the worst boss you've ever worked for. It's not necessary. All right. So final tips on running your business like a business, invest in your business growth. And there are a few ways that you can invest in your business. Technology is one of them. So making sure you have like storage for documents, web domain, uh, your own web domain. You know, I, I spoke to somebody the other day who, who's had a really fairly successful coaching business for a number of years and doesn't have her own website. And partly because she's just been so busy trying to just do things online and sending people emails that she hadn't set that up and hadn't set up all that backend system. She's in the process of doing it now. And getting those systems in place to make her life easier. And sometimes that's the way it has to happen. We do it in that order, but having investing in the technology to set yourself up for ease in your business, it's worth it. 
if it's going to save you time and eventually money, because when it saves you time, it frees you up to have more time to create more clients and bring in more business, which means more revenue, which means more prosperity for you. Another way that you can invest in your business, and I hinted at this before, was through, as well as tech support, is, oh, sorry, as well as technology, is tech support. So I used to be a teacher, and if something went wrong with my computer, all I had to do was hit the button on the screen that said, uh, help desk, and then I would press it, and miraculously, somebody would come to my classroom and fix everything. When I got into business for myself, that wasn't the case, and I was like, what do I do? Now, I have all Apple devices, so I can call OneCare and talk to Apple, but sometimes that means being on the phone forever, and time is money, so I've actually hired my own tech support. I have the wonderful team at Mac in Home who I can call and they come and fix things for me when I break them because usually when I break something with my device, it's a user error. Um, but that just takes so much pressure off me having to figure it out. So that's one, one type of support. A VA, I have the most extraordinary virtual assistant who just takes care of things for me. She's a problem solver. She's a go-getter. She takes initiative and I totally trust her with my business. And she is excited about helping me grow my business. So I have another podcast about how to, what to do to hire an assistant and, and you can check that one out, but having that VA, even if it's part-time to give you support, to free you up, to be in your zone of genius and do the things you're really good at, which hopefully if you've chosen the right profession is creating business for yourself. Another support system is a bookkeeper and an accountant. And then finally, obviously, coaching and training is another way that you can support yourself and invest in support for yourself in your business. All right, so that may not have been exhaustive, but it pretty much covered a lot of the, the overarching themes of what it looks like to run your business like a business. If you have any other um, suggestions that you'd like to see added to this, I'm not saying I'm going to re-record the podcast, but I will have a list somewhere available and we can update that. So are you ready to run your business like a business? I can help. Email me at hello at and let's talk about what you want to create and which of the Aligned and Prosperous program paths would be best for you. You can check out the details on the work with me page on my website as well. And when you're ready to run your business like a business, that's when everything changes. That's when it gets easier and you will come to understand how wonderful it is to have an aligned and prosperous business. I want that experience of, and that prosperity for you. Thanks for being stellar. I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.